listening to the Survival in Motion podcast. Learn, adapt, prepare, survive. Hello, everyone. This is author Cal Wilson. Welcome to another episode of the Survival in Motion podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to discuss the evil of the mob. And this is something I touched on last episode. I had hoped all this would have died down by now, but apparently not, and it's still relevant to discuss, so we're going to discuss it today. Before I get to it, I had a couple of other things I wanted to mention. My book, EMPNYC, which stands for Electromagnetic Pulse New York City, which was published last year. The audiobook is now finished, and it is about to be published on Audible any day now, so be watching for that. Secondly, I wanted to mention, the family and I watched The Book Thief a few nights ago. A pretty good movie about Nazis and a lot of drama thrown in. We were passing around the box of Kleenexes. But there was a scene where the Nazis got together, and there was a speech that would be justifying the book burning that was about to happen, and then they would have a book burning. And I remember I turned to the wife and I said, yeah, this is exactly where we're at right now. It's not book burning, it's virtual book burning, and it's the cancel culture. But the speech is similar to what motivates the cancel culture people today. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Anyway, that was in the movie called The Book Thief. A couple of other things I wanted to mention. It's almost time to start school, and people are wondering how they can do homeschooling if both parents are working. You know, homeschooling works fine if one parent is at home and can supervise the child while they're learning. But if both parents work, a lot of people just figure it's not going to work for us. The way to do it is called PODS, P-O-D-S, and it's where a whole bunch of families get together and they coordinate their days off so that at any given day, one parent will have the day off and watch not only their own kids, but several other kids. And I heard that this is a movement that's really catching on across the country. It's called educational pods or homeschooling pods. And by the way, before you start thinking, oh, uh, homeschooling, that's where I kind of have to reinvent the wheel, you know, and have to try to remember what I was learning in, you know, eighth grade or whatever. No, it doesn't work that way. There are curriculum companies that will sell you curricula for your whatever, fifth grade, ninth grade child, and they learn from either the books or online or a combination thereof or whatever. Episode 14 of the Survival in Motion podcast talked about how to get started in homeschooling. So I think you ought to check it out. Another issue I wanted to mention before we get into this is guns and gun safety. Thanks to all the rioting and looting going on, or I should say the burning, looting, and murdering, in other words, BLM going on, gun sales and ammo sales are just through the roof. Nobody really talks about gun control anymore. And I guess maybe maybe you can say that's the silver lining of all this. But Everybody is concerned with their own personal safety and the safety of their family. So people are buying guns like crazy. Anyway, I just wanted to mention, and before I get into it, Survival in Motion episode 11 has some advice on 
where to even start if you know you want to get a gun and you don't even know where to start, check out episode 11 of the Survival in Motion podcast. Let me just repeat what I said in that podcast episode, which is just go to a gun store. You know, just plant yourself in a gun store and look around. You'll notice the people there are pretty normal. And at some point when you get up the nerve, just go up to the front desk, the cashier, and just say, look, I know I want to get a gun, but I don't even know where to start. 99 times out of 100, they'll be nice to you. And they'll say, okay, well, here's where I started, or this might be your concern or whatever. And they'll give you a lot of helpful advice. And it's probably a good idea to rent some guns and just get a feel for them. What brands do you like the best? Do you like Glock or Ruger? I mean, the Ruger handgun is like a glove in my hand. It just fits just perfectly. But I have several different kinds of guns. But anyway, that's how you kind of cross that bridge is you just go to a gun store and just say, look, Mr. Cashier, I don't even know where to start. Where should I start? How do I start learning all this? I would say rent and then eventually buy a gun and practice, practice, practice. I've had guns, I don't know, over 20 years now. And I feel like every time I've practiced shooting, I've come away a better gun person, not only aiming, but in all other respects. It's always a good thing to practice. And by the way, rifle and shotgun practices are not allowed at indoor gun ranges. When you want to practice a rifle or shotgun, you probably need to go to vacant land. And that's where the survival retreat comes in handy. All guns are very loud, so pay special attention to ear protection. I'll never forget, I was shooting just a 22 revolver. And I thought, okay, maybe I can get by without any ear protection. Wrong. All guns are very, very, very loud. And anything even above a 22 revolver, you need some serious ear protection. There are several safety rules for guns. Always keep your hand off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Don't ever aim it at anybody unless you're about to shoot. And keep in mind that whenever you shoot at something, it might go through that and then wind up harming somebody else. There are a number of gun safety rules that are very important. The first three or four are the most important. But I would also add, if you're shooting a gun and it jams, do not look down the barrel of a gun. Also, here's another rule. Don't play jokes with guns. If you have just a great joke for some of your friends that involves using a gun as a prop, use your hand shaped like a gun, you know, but no sense of humor using a gun. Don't joke around with a gun. Also, this is a new thing. I think it's a good idea to lock up guns at home. If there are any kids around, they will explore your closet, your chest of drawers, or whatever when you're not there. So if you have kids at home, it's pretty important to lock it up. Nowadays, sell gun locks that you can quickly grab, and it will check your fingerprint, and then you can get your gun quickly that way. But I kind of worry about guns being in the house whenever there's a kid in the house, because kids will explore Anyway, on to the topic of the day, which is the evil of the mob. I'm probably going to keep this pretty quick because summer is upon us and I've got some things going on. I just don't have too much time right now. But this is a relevant subject. Every morning I check the websites for the news and Powerline, Instapundent are my news sites. And one of them is thegatewaypundit.com. 
And for some reason, this website is the best for covering news on mobs and street violence, BLM slash Antifa, and all the attacks and all the arson, all the violence, you know, all that stuff that Congressman Nadler says is just a myth. It's all covered in the gatewaypundit.com. And if you've ever wanted to dissuade anybody from moving to Portland, Oregon, just say, look, just read the Gateway Pundit. Anyway, the Gateway Pundit, for some reason, people send in news articles and their own coverage, their own photos, their own videos of all this writing that's going on out in the country, mostly in Portland, but now it's Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and, you know, it's happening all over. I would also advise you to check out Andy No's Twitter feed. His last name is spelled N-G-O. Anyway, recently I popped on the Gateway Pundit and saw all the news and videos and everything about this assault of a good Samaritan in Portland. And it was just horrible. This guy stops his truck and he sees, I think, some transgender person getting harassed and he tries to protect that person. And then the mob turns on him and he manages to get back to his truck and somehow the mob manages to get the truck crashed. And so he stumbles out of the car and then it's a full-blown attack on this good Samaritan ending up with somebody doing a kick to his head. It's kind of like another Reginald Denny situation from 1992. As I was watching this, I just remember thinking, what has that person done to you personally so that you feel justified in assaulting him like this? It was vicious. It was cruel. It was difficult to watch. And clearly the answer to my rhetorical question is just nothing, nothing. He's done nothing to nobody that would deserve this treatment at the hands of this mob. Like I said, it was difficult to watch. It was just an angry, cruel mob. And by the way, and this is off topic here a little bit, but if you are aware of this and if this type of thing makes you angry, you are a Republican, whether you know it or not, because the Democratic convention just finished. There wasn't a peep about any of this street mob violence that's going on out there. Nothing. And it kind of reminds me of what Congressman Nadler said. It's just a myth so far as they're concerned. Attorney General Bob Barr was in front of the House whatever committee and not able to get a word in edgewise. But at one point he asked all the Democrats in that committee, can you denounce the violence that's going on against a federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon? Not a one of them would. But anyway, back to the subject here. Mob psychology is something I touched on last episode, and I wanted to go a little bit deeper into it on this episode. Mob psychology, and there are different types of group psychologies that have been studied through the centuries, really. They're not all bad. You know, some of them like an audience in a concert or something. You know, it's the group kind of acts together and they like this performer, that kind of thing. Some kind of group psychology is on display whenever there's a panic buying of stocks or rare commodities or something. You know, the tulip craze from a few centuries ago, that's kind of a mob psychology, but that's not necessarily dangerous. What I'm talking about is aggressive, dangerous mob behavior. And I can say the ingredients of this are, number one, it's a united cause and I would also add there's a steady diet of hateful websites on this cause. And I'm not going to name the names, but there are several websites that 
these Antifa people go home and then spend the rest of their day reading these websites, and it gets them all worked up and angry. But when they get all together, it's a united cause. That's element number one. Element number two is anonymity. So when the mob gets together, they wear masks, they wear helmets, they wear dark clothing, and there's an element of anonymity. And also, when they meet at nighttime, it adds to the anonymity there. The KKK had robes and hoods. Antifa has masks and helmets. They all get together, they're united in a cause, and they have some sense of anonymity. Another element is that when they merge their thinking together and their interests and their actions together, there's a lack of punishment and a lack of accountability. And we're seeing that element added to by these local police departments or prosecutors who will not arrest and prosecute mob behavior, rioting. And somewhere there was a prosecutor who said he will not prosecute attacking a police officer as a felony, only as misdemeanor. And there are a number of insane defund the police movements going on all around the country right now. So that kind of adds to the lack of punishment or accountability when these people get together. In other words, if I were to sum it up, Antifa and BLM, their methods are different, but they're lynching just the same as the KKK did or the Nazis did in Kristallnacht or the mobs did during the French Revolution in the 1790s. It's an angry, destructive mob behavior. I wanted to make another point. Survival retreats could face angry mobs. You know, when we read about survival retreats and somebody wants some food, we usually read about one or two people hungry coming up to the survival retreat. I'm talking about fictional books. I think the more realistic thing is someday it could be a mob. Another example I wanted to mention is online mobs. It's the same thing. People who are united in a cause, there's anonymity. And there's lack of punishment. So online mobs happen a lot. So anyway, why am I mentioning this in a prepper podcast? Preppers and survivalists, by definition, are individualists. We act alone and we look out at society and we say, things are not going well, according to me and my wife and my family and so forth. But I think it's the very nature of survivalists that... We project our possible threats out there as other individuals because we're individuals. And I think this is something that we need to change in our thinking. I'm talking about us as survivalists. We need to start thinking that our enemies out there are not one or two or three people. It could be a whole mob. And this is the psychology of the mob, of this angry mob. And that's something we need to start thinking about and pondering and hopefully we'll start seeing more fictional post-apocalyptic books that discuss angry mobs, just not one or two people, but a whole crowd of people. There have been a couple of good examples of this. The Postman is a good post-apocalyptic book. Also, Waterworld, I thought was pretty good. Anyway, there are several good, helpful videos that discuss what I'm talking about here, the psychology, the evil of the mob, and the ingredients that there are every time there's an angry and dangerous mob. Some of these videos I'm going to refer to 
throw in references to Trump or to Christians. I don't like that. But I still think the videos I'm going to link here are pretty good analytically. And you'll learn what I've been learning the last several weeks when I've been studying this. Aggressive, dangerous, angry mobs have several ingredients. And I want to repeat those before I sign off here. Number one, united in their cause. Number two, anonymity. And number three, lack of punishment or accountability. And when you get those together and people are angry, this is what happens. And that's how these prosecutors and police need to combat these mobs, is the lack of punishment has to change in a big way. And if there's no punishment, you're going to keep seeing stuff like this happen. So anyway, those are the ingredients for dangerous, angry mobs. And that's something that we preppers need to keep in mind as a possible enemy of us in the future. So keep that in mind. I hope that you found today's episode of the Survival in Motion podcast at least educational. I hear the music. That means our time is up. Thank you for joining me. God bless. 